This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by David Schwimmer, star of The People vs. O.J. Simpson, um, Band of Brothers, uh, and some other stuff. It's David Schwimmer. I'm Christopher Nolan. And I'm Christopher Nolan's brother who also helps. <laughs> Jonathan, I think. And this is Ear Buddies. <laughs> and we see a lot of potential in this up-and-coming young man from England, Harry Styles. That's why we're casting him in our film, uh, Jonathan, Matt, pal. Yes, no, I agree. He has got the look. He's got the vibe. Uh, he's very hot right now, and Oof, I am really excited to to see him in our upcoming films and many more. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harry Styles. is he why do we like him why don't we like him why should you like him or dislike him matt help i got you tim you're kind of floundering there um harry styles he is that guy we know him he's beautiful he's Ugh. british he used to be in the band one direction and he was the breakout star uh, and nobody can argue with that, let there, me tell you. There can only be one in every boy band, and it was Harry. Uh, Harry was the anointed one. We're talking about Harry because he is persistent in the sort of popular culture discussion um since he showed up when 10 years ago now i suppose on the x factor Ooh, yeah life is so long yeah uh <laughs> and and you know still in 2020 he had i think probably arguably the song of the summer tastes like strawberries on a summer evening and it sounds just like a song I want more berries And that summer feeling Uh, and he's just a, he seems to be a bigger deal every year Which is a bit of a surprise Because he has been a big deal from pretty much the beginning It's like, I don't know where the ceiling is for this guy yet Well, Tim... You asked, uh, why do we like him or why do we hate him? Mm -hmm. uh, look, everybody loves this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what can we say about Harry Styles? That isn't just a glowing review of everything he's ever done, right? I don't know what to say about him that is negative. I guess um, I think when I was 20, 
two, uh, I thought it was still kind of cool to think boy bands were dumb, so I uh, sort of knee-jerked against the idea of One Direction, and then I promptly grew well, up sure. and realized that it's just good pop music and we should trust Simon Cowell's judgment. Uh <laughs> We should be, okay. So let's let's tell the story of Harry a little bit. So uh, it was uh, 2010 that Harry went on the X Factor. Okay, Harry, uh, how old are you? I'm 16. All right, when are you going to sing? I'll do "Isn't She Lovely" by Stevie Wonder. Okay, good luck. <laughs> Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? And didn't ma- and he went on as a solo guy. Got you know didn't didn't make the cut along with a few other hot boys. And si- and Simon, being the conniving genius puppet master that he is, saw the potential, realized how hot each of these boys is individually. Said, why don't you guys become a band, a boy band. The judges request nine people from the girls and the boys categories to return to the stage. Zane, Malik, Liam Payne, Harry Styles. This is a lifeline. You have got to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, every single day, and take this opportunity. You've got a real shot here, guys. And come back on the show. And then they did really well. They were they took third place that season in the X Factor as the newly formed hot boy band One Direction. You're insecure, don't know what for. You're turning heads when you walk through the door. Don't need makeup to cover up. Being the way that you are is enough. The great thing about uh, about Harry is that he was he was just the perfect fit for this boy band that Simon was putting together, sort of on the fly or however that worked. Uh, and he was so charming, and he was much more charming than anybody else. Even though, well, I mean, we all we all shipped our our ships and stand our stands, <laughs> but he. He was pretty obviously the cream of the crop. He he rose to the top of that whole situation pretty quickly, and boy, he uh, he stayed there. One Direction, um, give them their due though. They were a pretty big deal. I, I believe their first four albums debuted at number one on the British charts. So, you know, they were certifiably a big deal for several years and they were smart about doing that sort of pop band thing of releasing an, a, a new album literally every year that they were around like there was never a drought uh, with One Direction and so they amassed a big following and uh, Harry Styles kind of, yeah like you said sort of floated to the top of, of this uh, this experiment Written in these walls are the stories that I can't explain I leave my heart open but it stays right here empty for days And now, so the thing with Harry is that he 
is really doing uh, an excellent <laughs> an excellent job. He's making quite a life and quite a career for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got he's got music out. He's got a film out and is working on some more. He's he's doing it all. He's trying to be like Justin Timberlake, except for even better and more British. Less of uh, a jerk. <laughs> well, here's hoping. And and people really love this dude. They love his music. They love his his uh, acting, I guess. And <laughs> they love his whole vibe. But, Tim, here's the thing. Hmm. Uh, what I want to talk about today, even more than his music uh, or his burgeoning film career, is his whole vibe. <laughs> I want to talk about why we're talking about Harry Styles, why he's in the news, why he's on the cover of Vogue, mm-hmm. why he's at the Met Gala. What, What is going on? Just stop your crying, it's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. Hope you're wearing your best clothes. It feels like, yeah, the discussion at some point grew beyond just music and sort of to what does this guy mean to the culture and to his generation. Uh, And he has lived up to that moment, I think. What's great is he doesn't shy away from that limelight and he brings really interesting things to the table as just a guy, not necessarily as a musician, but just uh, the way he carries himself, the way he chooses to dress, discuss things like sexuality, um, are really interesting and contribute to his star power in a big way. Yes, and so uh, we are we are treading water in the intellectual deep end here, or we're, at least we're about to, because the one of the big questions surrounding Harry is of course uh, what is his sexuality what is his deal is he straight is he bi is he gay is he not telling us for some certain marketing reason well I have my opinions but (laughs) but it is fascinating uh, and I think that uh, it is um, it is dumb to have a conversation about Harry Styles today without talking about another fabulous gentleman, also from uh, mm. across the sea, if you're in America. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about David Bowie. I love this connection, and it feels so obvious uh, just the second you start considering it. Bowie was a trendsetter and sort of like like way ahead of his time in the 80s in, in and the 70s in terms of operating explicitly as, as sort of a um, flamboyant mystery, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. I, his whole vibe was... Um, out there in a way that I think probably made a lot of moms uncomfortable at the time. <laughs> well, it, 
<laughs> it sure did. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come down hard on, on one side of the fence or not, but I do just want to discuss kind of what's going on, uh, where it's coming from, and what the the connections are there between Bowie and Harry and, I guess, a bunch of other cultural uh, factors. Bro, lay it on me. I, I'm, I am super interested in your take here. Sure. So I think... Uh, I mean, this has been, Harry's whole deal has been fascinating to me since I, like you, Tim, got over myself and started liking One Direction. Uh Um, And especially after Harry sort of grew his own wings and uh, flew out of Simon Cowell's uh, (laughs) pigeon coop, um, he has been playing with gender and fashion in a way that is bound to make headlines. And I started doing some research, and I started doing some reading, and there is a phenomenal book called Shock and Awe by Simon Reynolds. It's about glam rock uh, Mm. and sort of what its whole deal was and its legacy from, well, the 70s to now-ish. And there's a really wonderful analysis of David Bowie because there's an excerpt uh, about how David Bowie came out as gay and what he meant by it. Which is a really great way to to start that conversation. Uh, (laughs) he, He... there was a there was a magazine called Melody Maker in the seventies, and it was a real, real hot commodity. It was um, the tastemaker sort of of that era, and so mm. David Bowie, for all intents and purposes, came out in well in an interview for Melody Maker, and then it was the only thing anyone was talking about in music, sort of that year because this is really I mean it's it's worth knowing every time I suppose but uh, he came out as gay but he was not gay Um, Hmm. but he spent the rest of his career playing with that I guess and he would say things like uh, he's Completely, he would say that he's totally straight and has never had any experience with someone of the same gender. And then he would say something like, "Well, it doesn't really matter to me." And then he would say something like, uh, "He would imply that he had been with this other man." And he was just really keeping people's heads spinning, and most importantly, hmm. keeping eyes on him and ears on his music. And it worked super well, and of course, through all of that, he became David Bowie and the icon that he was and is. And it's it's impossible for me now to look at Harry Styles and to not just keep thinking about David Bowie, because with Harry, I guess, you know what, Tim? Here's the answer to your question. Why is If there's a reason to be upset with Harry, it's because... <laughs> A lot of fans, a lot of people, don't uh-huh. 
don't really trust this guy when it comes to his sexuality. Hmm. He's given a number of interviews about this, or not about it, but, you know, interviewers certainly do ask. And he's been very coy. He's played it very close to the vest. He says things like, uh, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Um, Mm -hmm. I am comfortable with myself. Uh, All statements uh, that I do agree with, (laughs) but but it really... It's interesting to see him doing this because uh, for all all we've seen, Harry Styles is, I mean, he's only dated beautiful female models and, uh-huh. and actresses and singers, right? And so there's not really right. been any sort of... Uh, any sort of thing we can look back to as, oh, well, I suppose maybe he isn't completely straight. She walked away through a cheap pack of cigarettes, hard liquor mixed with a bit of intellect, and all the boys, they were saying they were into it. Such a pretty face on a pretty next to driving me crazy, but I'm into it, but I'm into it. I suppose he runs the risk of uh, flirting with sort of uh, breaking gender and sexual norms too much to the point of, you know, being accused of appropriation or, or you know, just sort of being flippant about something that's important to a yes. lot of people, uh, yes. maybe. Again, I don't really have a, a hard moral judgment on this, but it's right. just really interesting to see how he continues to do this because, yes, he so he... Uh, was at the Met. I mean, he you know goes to the Met Gala, I suppose, often every time. Uh, but then he was also on the cover of Vogue in a in a nice dress, um, and he has uh, really flirted with. Um, I mean, he you know, wears nail polish. Although that's that's almost <laughs> a well, lot yeah. of straight people do that now. Straight dudes, um, and and really has played with the. Feminine mm-hmm. in a way that, uh, like you said, Tim, it's upsetting to, I guess, some people's parents uh-huh. and and conservative commentators. Uh, but also, that can feel like inauthentic. It can feel like bait if you are actually uh, a fan of his who does not identify as 100% heterosexual. Yeah. And so you look at what he's doing and you're like, well, hmm. Are you are you appropriating anything here? Are you is that okay? Like, mm-hmm. is it a big deal if a straight guy wears a dress? Um, lots of sort of thorny, fuzzy questions in there. Um, and far be it from that I, you and I, <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. We <laughs> to be the arbiters can't of this figure one. that out, right? Yes, uh, but yeah, I can. I like you said. A lot like David Bowie in that it has everybody talking all the time. It keeps the discussion on him. He, Whatever you think about Harry Styles, you have to recognize that he's someone who knows how to control his image and control the narrative around him. Yes. And not, I mean, that has been done successfully by many, many artists um, and we talk about David Bowie and he's my go-to example here because specifically because that guy, I mean, he was not gay. <laughs> he was a, a straight 
man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been many others who, especially in the 70s, too, when gay was, uh, at least in rock and roll, it was an aesthetic that you could choose. Yeah. Rather than an identity, uh, rather than only an identity, I guess, Mm -hmm. that you had to live with forever. So, Tim, you know, there's a country band called Love and Theft, but there's also a a more important thing called Love and Theft. Um, (laughs) There, uh, there's a, a study, and they definitely did get their band name from this study, which is kind of funry, but we're definitely not going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll save it for it's the about, love and theft episode. We'll get <laughs> sure, to them eventually about them <laughs> right. But there's a study uh, of nineteenth century like blackface, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And the term that the author developed for that is love and theft because it's simultaneously um, admiring uh, and appropriating mm. black music and black aesthetics, right? And so there's definitely, I mean, that is an, an age-old problem that becomes even more clear as time goes by. Yeah. But there is an argument, I think, to be made that it can be applied to the gay community as well because the people like David Bowie and I'm just going to say Harry Styles like they're not living the struggles that right. a gay person would be living with yet i mean it is true that gay people are set in trends and they're buying music and they are uh it's a vital demographic mm-hmm. for the music industry yeah from a certain perspective they're they're reaping the benefits that you know uh, of sort of the the cultural impact of mm-hmm. homosexuality without experiencing the drawbacks the, of which there are exactly. many and should be taken very seriously. Exactly, and I've all and and really kind of what what set me off even on on in thinking about this was there was a Harry Styles concert I don't know a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and and. He said something like, "We we're all a little bit gay," and everyone clapped and cheered. Right, mm-hmm. but here's my thing, and and I do want to be delicate about this because uh, it is a delicate subject. Uh, by saying that, I think that could very easily be. Um, I don't know, frustrating or confusing or mm-hmm. trying to, I guess the only term I can think of is st- steal valor <laughs> from a community that you are not actually a part of. Um, and so while I don't really think it's the biggest deal to say that, I, I started thinking about that and I realized that what Harry is doing um, is sort of riding that that vibe that we're all a little gay and using it definitely to his own advantage and and the furthering of his career and his prospects and it's really working out. I mean, he's on the cover of Vogue and Address. It's admirable in in one, you know, through one lens and kind of ah in another. Um but you can't deny his music is excellent. Um and I think what he contributes to pop music 
alone uh, is great. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's around uh, sort of making those contributions. Uh, and I hope that he uh, takes things as seriously as they should be taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and right. Like, the, the huge sort of the underlying, um, well, thread I want to just mention again is like, obviously, Tim, you and I don't know a thing. And, well, right. And but I think it's it's worth thinking about that and just kind of maybe maybe even if you're just realizing kind of what is going on here, because mm-hmm. it is it is very it's cool um, and I'm sh- sure empowering to any number of people to yep. see a mainstream major pop star uh, and just sort of cultural artifact in and of himself um, be, I guess, I don't know, maybe he's breaking down some walls or opening some doors that otherwise uh, wouldn't be, um, but mm-hmm. he is doing that from a place of privilege and certainly wealth and uh, it's something Security. that... Yes, well, certainly, yeah, exactly. If he decides to shuffle that off at any point, um, he certainly can. And, yeah. and I mean, and again, then you get into uh, issues of, well, music is theater, and David Bowie was Ziggy Stardust, and then he changed himself. I mean, and this constant reinvention, and that's art, and that's great, and that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think it's something to at least consider more fully um, and especially too, like I, this is a little more of a lighthearted, funny aspect of this. But it did make me laugh when Harry showed up to what was it, the Grammys, I think, in sort of a regular outfit, and then <laughs> with a feather boa. Because oh yeah, you, you got to think at this point for him putting on a feather boa is like a jock putting on his Letterman jacket. You know, he's like, <laughs> well, shoot, I. I don't look. I need, I need something. Uh, I need something. I'm, I'm not just going to wear this vest out there. I got. What do we have? And he quick called costumes, and they're like, "We have a feather boa." And they're like, "Well, sure, that's fine." Because that, I'm sorry, Harry, that did not work with your outfit, even one little bit. Uh, but I do get why you felt like you had to do that. Yeah, you had to MacGyver, a, you know, some, you know, yeah, you had to do something. Yeah. So that was just funny. So I guess in that in that sense, I hope Harry that you can sort of maintain this, <laughs> because if you're rummaging through your through your van for a some sort of flowery <laughs> thing you can throw on, I mean, plan that out a little more. Yeah, you just got to keep some of those in yeah in your uh, glove compartment or whatever. <laughs> Ear buddies, we'll return in a moment. What if I'm someone you won't talk about? I'm falling again, I'm falling again, I'm This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by David Schwimmer. Actor, comedian, director, and producer, most famous for, you know him, that guy on Friends. Man. Yeah. 
<laughs> David Schwimmer. Schwimmer. That's right. Uh, sh- so Schwimmer calls us, says, Matt, Tim, um, listen, love the pod. And uh, I'll just cut to the chase here. LeBlanc is getting a lot of pop after our reunion special. I could use your help. And we said, say no more, Dave. We got this. And we do got this. We love our friend, star of at least screen, if not stage, David Schwimmer. (laughs) Look, he did a great job playing Ross through all the years that Friends was on NBC. He was a necessary part of the cast. He portrayed a paleontologist who was in love Mm. with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, He was a paleontologist in that show? I think so. I'm not (laughs) super, I'm not, I don't know. I think so. Yes, he was. (laughs) I, I don't. I'm not saying I don't believe you, but that's just... Well, it's, I mean... Okay, so... <laughs> uh, so, Schwimmer, right, steals hearts, steals minds, steals scenes. That's right. Schwimmer has a face that a mother can love and a lot of other people. Yes. There, look, there's nothing wrong with this guy, Okay. No. He did a great job. You all loved him for years. Why are so you So what if So what if he didn't sit in a funny position? Yes, thank uh, you. Around the table read at at the friends reunion looking like an Irish dad. Yeah, Who? okay. What? How's he Can we <laughs> Can we please make a meme out of Schwimmer instead? Yeah, what was he doing? He must have looked just as normal as Matt LeBlanc, right? He must have seemed I would think he looked fine i bet there's got to be some sort of thing we can do there like my greek uncle or something you know when the greek (laughs) uncle shows up to the i don't know so i think this is what we can do matt uh as sort of a service to david is offer up just like you did that was a really great example of sort of the greek uncle thing uh offer (laughs) listeners and the internet a few sort of templates, a few ideas, yes. just some inspiration for memes that they can do with Dave Schwimmer. Yes. So here's one. Um, you Photoshop Schwimmer onto a pool and you you take the CH out of his name and you change it to David Swimmer. That's great. Okay, that's really good and pretty easy uh, because once you have that PNG, you can put that over any pool, you know? Or the ocean, or a lake, or anything. And it, right, you can. It a lot of funny options. You could have him in like an Olympic-sized pool with Michael Phelps right there, mm-hmm. or you can have him in like a kiddie pool in the backyard. Both are really funny. Yeah, I mean, and there are so many different iterations of that too. Which I love that one, Tim. Uh, I'm thinking Thanks. maybe something like, and this would be sort of a joke about how he was a he was in academia in some sense. I know in Friends. Maybe like uh-huh. like you could get a close up of his face looking sort of glum and it's like you know, my professor at two AM when I email him my late assignment or something. Maybe. That's really good. Yeah, I don't That's know. That's really good. Here's one. Uh 
it's two it would require two frames right so left frame is alexis from schitt's creek saying you david and then the next one is just a picture of david schwimmer making kind of a face that's really good that basically writes itself um (laughs) i see how you came up with that so try those out make some posts use the hashtag we love schwimmer Mm -hmm. yep and he'll know that we sent you uh (laughs) And listen, David is David is a little he's a little glum these days, okay? It's hard to see it's hard to get back together with all your friends and uh see one of them kind of rise above the rest. Yes. In in what feels like sort of a random and unfair way. Yes. Uh, so Schwimmer could use the love cuz here's the thing. No one told him life was going to be this way. Well said, Tim. Well said. So, yeah, everyone, if you would, please just do your best. Get out there. Post some of those templates that we talked about. Make up your own. I Make don't know. your own, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not great at this. Uh, so, well, but, yeah, I think it's just it can't feel good. It's, it's like if you were to go to your own high school reunion and then afterward everyone loved one dude more than mm. they ever had and they forget that you even came come on i mean that doesn't seem fair give him his due we always liked him no reason to sweep him under the rug now and here's the thing i don't want i don't think that we want to turn this into a contest or we want to make any hurt anyone's feelings here but if you made any jokes kind of with your swimmer post that were that were like you know matt lasuck or matt la you know, blank slate because he's so boring. Right. Uh, there you if go. You ma- made some jokes like that, I think uh, that would help too. So it's David Schwimmer. Um, we appreciate the the call, and we appreciate his trust in us to elevate his brand. Uh, also, he was really good in the People versus OJ. It's David Schwimmer. Ear Buddies is back, and we're going to do another uh, rehab clinic, Matt. This feels like a good a good time to uh, help help some handsome boys out. Let's hear it, Tim. Who are we? Who are we bringing in this week, and what are we going to do for them? Uh, we're talking about the wanted. The sun goes down, the stars come out, and all that comes is here and now. My universe will never be the same. I'm glad you came. They, um... Well, I couldn't remember their name earlier, so <laughs> if that tells you anything. Well, yeah. They need to just be remembered. <laughs> At the very least, we just want to remember them. But I would go even farther as to say they were just as good as One Direction. see you and me Turn the lights out now Now I'll take you by the hand Hand you another drink 
drink it if you can. Well, and that's the thing, Tim, because from from the new boy band resurgence, uh, mm-hmm. let's all remember that there wasn't really a resurgence so much as there were two hot new boy <laughs> bands, right? It wasn't it wasn't a <laughs> yeah. massive massive sweeping cultural uh, trend. It was two hot new bands, and one of them was, of course, One Direction. And the mm-hmm. other was The Wanted. And they were formed in much the same way. Uh, the Wanted, they did not get together in their garage and say, we should learn some dance moves and write some pop songs. Uh, it was just, like with One Direction, five handsome young men who yep. could sing or whatever pretty well or whatever. <laughs> and, and they auditioned for this group. Okay, they yeah. they auditioned, and their management said, "You five, you're the ones we want," and uh, <laughs> that was that was that, and off they went. And yet, yet we forget so easily uh, that they ever existed. And I and we sort of put aside their music um, and their own rich interior lives. I'm sure to start asking questions about Harry Styles and about Liam Payne and about Niall Horan and about Zayn Malik and about mm-hmm. Lewis Tomlinson. And I'd like, I would like <laughs> to, job. for someone to name me one member of The Wanted. <laughs> That's I just not fair. will not. May our hearts be full like our dreams tonight. May we Let's uh, let's compare and contrast a little bit, Matt. Which band had the better name, in your opinion? I'm gonna have to say the Wanted had the better name. Hmm. Yeah, it's a push for me. I I think I think they were both fine. I mean, I do. Neither was good. Um, but I think, well, to me, One Direction just felt really bland. But I guess. Uh, that was Simon Cowell's choice, and we trust him. Pull up a picture of of both groups. Which group had the cuter boys? Hmm. Well, look. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's it's One Direction by a mile. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh uh, and- boy. Well, and look the the fellows in the Wanted, the five. Also British and maybe one Irish boys or whatever in the Wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, not bad looking fellas. I mean, I see why they were they were chosen. But then, oh yeah, they're a bunch of Ireland nines. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> That's right. Well said. But it's hard. It's look. It's it's hard to go up against. Like you got Harry and Zayn in one band. There's well, that's, that's the thing. Gonna be a hard one. Beautiful, beautiful boys. Uh, but let's just let's just say, back in the '90s, we had plenty of room in our hearts for two boy bands. 
We had more more than that. We had room in our hearts for like three and a half. Yeah, a decent um, handful of boy bands. We right, we could do it, but for some reason, we all bounced off of the wanted really fast. And I would just say let's let's go back and consider uh, those tracks that they put out and say they were pretty good. At least they were about the same, uh, <laughs> um, you know, level of excellence as we were getting out of One Direction. Like, what's, right? Why? Why couldn't we? Why couldn't we have our One Direction and the Wanted too? No, and I, I feel like as a culture, we really missed out on that because, I mean, what was the main thing we were doing in the '90s? I'll tell you, it was arguing about whether InSync or the Backstreet Boys were better. Mm-hmm. And we only had those arguments about One Direction and the Wanted for like, if I remember correctly, three or four months. And then yeah. it was obvious that One Direction was much better. And I don't know if all the guys in the Wanted died or if they all quit <laughs> or what happened. But we, we just only wanted the one band. On January 22nd, 2014, The Wanted announced they would take a hiatus to pursue individual solo projects. Well, I bet they're not even doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. Look, you got to get it together. We're trying to rehab you and you are not giving us anything to work with. Well, we tried our best. Sometimes these rehab clinics are not going to, you know, we don't have a perfect record. <laughs> you have to want to change, you know? Yes, exactly. I still can't name any of these guys. And I'm <laughs> and I'm staring at their Wikipedia page, and their names are right in front of me, and I can't even say <laughs> it. <laughs> it's fine. And it's, you know, look, it's not really our fault. It's mainly the wanted's fault. Uh... I don't know why they're not they're not trying a little bit harder. <sighs> it's fine though. Frustrating. Yeah. At least we have Harry. And at least we have each other, bud. It is a gift to be here with you, Tim. It really is. <sighs> uh let's do this again next week. I'll talk to you later, Great. buddy. Same time next week. Talk to you later, buddy. in the sun.